What happens when you type into Google, who are the best people to star in a heartfelt film about two people trying to turn their life around through never giving up? Well, don't freak out when it comes back with a guy who played Norman Bates and another best known for saying, ka-chow. That's because when it comes to the internship, it's not that bad. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this edition of It's Not That Bad, the podcast looks for A, greats, and B, movies. And joining me on the show today is Tim McCarthy from 20 Tim Minutes Podcast. Tim, how you doing, man? Welcome to the show. Dude, I, I can't thank you enough for having me on. I'm doing well. How are you, my man? Uh, I am stoked, A, to have you on the show, because you're awesome, but B, because I was really intrigued when you pitched the idea of doing the movie today. Of course, we are talking about 2013's The Internship. Now, two things. Before we get started in here, can you tell the listeners a little bit about your podcast, uh, 20 Tim Minutes? Yeah, my uh, podcast, 20 Tim Minutes, roughly 20 minutes. Sometimes it goes over, sometimes it goes under, focuses on mental health through humor, insight, and personal stories. I don't uh, have the best attention span unless I'm talking to somebody else. So 20 minutes really is my ballpark. And then on Thursdays, I uh, I record interviews with uh, a wide variety of guests. I've had a porn star on, MTV's uh, Buck Wild star. I've had athletes. I've had professional wrestlers. So we get to talk a little bit about mental health from all different walks of life. Now, I have to ask, because I like to put it out there, it's like, you know, for the guests, it's kind of like, you know, what movies would you like to do? And you were like, what do you think about the internship? So what is it to you that made you want to pitch this movie for the show? This movie is really, really great. And it definitely gets a bad rep because it, it it's not it's not a sexy pick. All right. It's definitely one of those movies you throw on. You're like, oh, is this wedding? Uh, no, this is not wedding crashers. <laughs> this is just a different version. Um, yeah, it just it's it's a it's an easy movie to watch. I'm a simple person. It's a it's a it's a feel good movie. You know what's gonna happen, but you know what? It's still good. Nice. And it, it really is a feel good movie. But before we get into talking about how good this movie is, it's time. So Tim, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna hand the microphone over to you, and we're gonna take the internship and trailerize it. Billy McMahon and Nick Campbell are two watch salesmen who are not with the times. The company they work for goes out of business. Why? Because cell phones, that's why. With no jobs in sight, Billy decides to Google, Google. Yes, the same company that put Ask Jeeves out of business and applies himself and Nick for internships at Google. However, due to their chemistry and unorthodox interview answers, Billy and Nick are accepted. They begin to spend the summer competing in teams against other interns in various tasks, such as customer service, cracking codes, and playing the make-believe game of Quidditch. Muggles. To secure the job at Google, their team must win the most challenges. Billy and Nick's team is a ragtag group led by Lyle, played by Big Head from Silicon Valley who constantly tries to act hip to hide his insecurities. You'll also get to witness Lyle stalk a fellow employee in hopes to win her heart. The tale is old as time. The other team members are seen as rejects who have no time for Billy and Nick's antics. These breakfast club type interns find Billy and Nick useless until they all realize they're actually pretty cool when Billy and Nick bring them to a strip club where they drunkenly create an app that would be put on the line. 
The internship is led by Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson as Billy and Nick, with appearances by John Goodman, Will Ferrell, Rob Riggle, and Josh Gad. Think of this movie as Wedding Crashers Light, the internship rated PG-13. Nice, nice. I, I, it's funny that you put Ask Jeeves in there because as I was watching this movie, uh, you know, it, it felt almost like... Th- like it was written around the time of Netscape and Alta Vista as browsers. And I'm just sitting here thinking, yep, yep, this is one of those, you know, it's not a coming of age, it's almost a coming of technology story. Uh, but let's let's get into a little bit about the movie. It does star Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson, and Rose Byrne, um, who is great in this, by the way. This is the third time Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson have starred together. You mentioned Wedding Crashers. You also forgot to mention Starsky and Hutch. Now, yes, Vince Vaughn was not the main star. That was a, a more a Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson film, but Vince Vaughn is in there. Um, and yes, there's a, there a list of um, cameos and small roles that are going to go mentioned. One thing I had to point out, though, as I was you know reading up on this film, there was an audition tape that was put out for this movie by actress Ricky Noel Lander. Now, if you don't know who Ricky Noel Lander is, uh, you're welcome, you don't know. But the fact that she at the time was dating Robert Kraft, the owner of the, uh, the New England Patriots, and he helped her put together an audition tape for this film with her in a bikini for some reason, and it found its way out there on the Googs for people to check out. It's on the line. So uh, have you, I have to ask, have you seen this video yet? Being from Boston, yes. We saw that instantly and we were all confused like everybody else. It's actually pretty tough to find that because funny enough, that was my top movie fact that you brought up right away. And I started laughing the second you said that because I feel like people don't know that. And at the time, I didn't know they were practicing for that movie. At the time, they just said an Owen Wilson movie. But that is like the one cringiest video you will ever see if you ever stumble upon it. Did you find it? Oh, I I found screen caps of it, but let let's go into the the the, the Ricky Lander filmography here. You know, you might remember her as stunning woman from the TV show The Class, Dream Girl from The Achievers, Flight Attendant from the movie Iron Man. I I'm surprised. I think she has more roles here where it's her job as opposed to her uh, actual character name, Waitress from A Green Story. Um, it's just. Oh, and, and, and I feel bad because, you know, whether or not she could, you know, actually get a part of the, the movie, uh, you have to think that audition tape probably didn't do her any favors. I think it did Robert Kraft more favors, in my opinion. I feel like they should have casted him in more roles because he had a bunch of just silly dialogue where, like, he pretended, like, to punch somebody. Again, that was fantastic. I'm going to have to go back and watch Iron Man 1 to see if she uh, I can see her on the plane. <laughs> No word yet on if she's joined the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or not. Sorry, had to get that out there. <laughs> had to get that out there. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, the movie was directed by Sean Levy. Now, the name sounds familiar. That's because most of you have probably seen Free Guy by now. Sean Levy is a phenomenal director, and he's he's got such a such a nice touch when it comes to the films. There's there's always that human element, which you don't normally would you know, would or would not normally expect from a Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson film. And of course, the score was done by Christoph Beck, who also did Free Guy and WandaVision as well. So, you know, there's that little connection there. As far as the box office goes, 
This had a $58 million budget with a $44.6 million domestic take, $93 million worldwide. When it came out, June 7th, 2013, it debuted fourth. So very respectable. And you could arguably say that it was the number one comedy that week because the top debuting feature, which debuted at number one that week, was The Purge. And then in between The Purge and The Internship, which was fourth, you had Fast and Furious 6 and Now You See Me. Uh, I think the top comedy at, at that point was uh, The Hangover 3 was sitting at number eight. Um, but it had already been at three weeks. So with a $17.325 million opening weekend going up against the perch and that's not far off two and three it did actually fairly well box office wise so you can't really say it's a box office bomb yeah i got i can i can get with that i was actually very surprised when i looked up the box office numbers and i was like oh wow that didn't do too bad but now that you say all those other movies it's like a lot of people didn't have a lot of choices yeah no i mean i will say that iron man 3 was in the top 10 uh not starring nikki lander as you know flight attendant that was the first one. Um, sorry, sorry, Nikki Lander. She's in, the un- she's in the universe, though. She made the Marvel universe. Let, let, let's hope she's not on the line and listening to this episode. <laughs> so we mentioned that this is the third time that Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn acted in a movie together. The first time, of course, was Starsky and Hutch, and that was sitting at a 62% tomato meter. Wedding Crashes, of course, it's, it's a classic. It's sitting at 70, 76% tomato meter. But this one, 35% tomato meter with a 51% audience score. So to you, I'm going to I'm just gonna, we're going to hold it to the realm of those three movies, Starsky and Hutch, Wedding Crashers and The Internship. Do we have the numbers right as far as the tomato meter goes on these three films? I would say yeah, but the, the internship has to be up just a little bit. Just shows by the uh the fan score of 51%. I think I'm that extra 1% that tipped it over the half, the half mark. But I feel like, I feel like the internship should be right around there, right around the 50% mark. And I was reading a lot of the, uh, the reviews by the critics and stuff. And one of my favorite ones, some guy wrote error code four zero four laughs, not found. Oh God. (laughs) Oh, cheesier than the actual movie. Uh, well, you know, there's there's gonna be a ton of Google references, I think, as we as we record this episode. Yeah. Yep. So so let's get to the breakdown here, and Tim, I want to put it to you first. Who on your list uh, out of this movie counted as good acting? Good acting, I would say Josh Gad, um, just because the way he was acting as just like a really weird character and Dylan O'Brien I really liked because he played like a little bit of a of a good asshole and uh, I've only seen him in the Maze Runners I just I don't really know my, oh no I saw that movie um what's the one that came out recently Love and Monsters with him mm-hmm. have you seen that not he's yet, really no. good oh it's pretty good and then I would say third would be the Max Min, Mangella is that Min, how do you spell yeah, his last Ma- name? Max Mangella Max Minghella. I feel like, and it's funny seeing all these people in this movie so early because of where their careers went. But I feel like those three are are my top three. What about what about you? Um, I actually had Dylan O'Brien and Max Minghella on my list uh, because uh, first things first, to dear listeners, if you haven't actually listened or watched this movie yet, do not under any circumstances go to Netflix and watch the uh, the, the, the one they put out recently, uh, Attack of the Hollywood Clichés, because there's a lot of Hollywood clichés and tropes that are in this movie that you don't, that aren't really, you know, no one points them out to you 
unless they're pointed out to you. Max Minghella is that as far as his, his role goes, because yeah, when the bad guys got a British accent, you know, British accent equals bad guy. That's Max Minghella here. You know, you could point him out. You, you could see it coming a mile away. But I, I do agree with Dale O'Brien. Like he, he played such a good, for lack of a better term, douche. You know, yeah. it was, it was, but you could see the character arc kind of, kind of grow. And it was a very natural character arc. Like I felt that it made sense for him to end up where he did with the group and with, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm sorry, I'm going to probably butcher the pronunciation of her name here. Uh, Tia Sarkar, uh, the girl, uh, the, you know, the black widow of the group, if you will, the Smurfette. Yeah. Don't okay. I I I am regretting that I watched Attack of the Hollywood Cliches because she is very much the Smurfette, which is, <laughs> and it's true. It's so true. Like she's the black widow. She's the Smurfette of the group. But I mean, I, first of all, I loved her in the Good Place. She was phenomenal as Vicky in the Good Place, and she's great here as well. And I think the two, you know, between her and Dylan O'Brien as Stuart kind of playing off each other, it really worked out very well as far as the group goes. Um, I, I, I was, I'm not gonna lie, I'm surprised at how much I enjoyed Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson in this. Same. Absolutely yeah. the same. They were just perfect. Like they have good chemistry, as you can tell, and they just. That's what attracted them in for people to watch the movie, obviously, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, you take a look at the Wedding Crashers, and yeah, they were playing guys who, you know, just clearly didn't have a plan in life. Uh, you know, Starsky and Hutch, even though they weren't like the main duo there, you know, it was very much in that, you know, you know what you're going to get going into Star Starsky and Hutch. And I think part of the reason why the internship didn't do that well as far as Rotten Tomatoes went is that people probably went into this movie expecting Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson raunchy style, you know, Wedding Crashers to Electric Boogaloo, if you will. Um, but instead, you had guys who got let go from a job that they were, you know, <clears throat> arguably the only thing they were good at um, and then have to readjust to a world that moved on without them. And you really feel for these guys doing their best with as positive as attitude as they can, you know, making their way through, like literally jumping into the pool, the deep end of the pool that's filled with lava, both feet, you know, no protective gear whatsoever, no floaties. There's no floaties on them in this pool and making the most of it. I agree. I feel like I've been there. I don't know about you. When you're in that age, you're like, what am I going to do? And you just start Googling random jobs. And he just went above and beyond. He's like, Google. He's like, what about this company, Google? So I, I definitely relate to them in the, in the aspect of like having one job and trying to jump step to another one. So again, I'm with them. I'm about these characters. It is fascinating. And, and I'm glad you kind of put it that way. Because I know me personally, if I lost my job, I don't know if I'd be qualified to do anything else other than what I do. And yeah, I would probably be sitting there, you know, <laughs> looking for a roadmap or a Google map as the case may be, <laughs> trying to find my way through, well, what the hell next? And there's a lot of good, what the hell next in this. And Nothing felt forced with the two of them. Nothing felt like, you know, we're going to go to Google and then in two days we're going to learn how to code. Like it was very real. Their portrayal of these two guys was very grounded in almost uh, a reality. 
It was. And Vince Vaughn's character just showed him how he struggled a little bit more than Owen Wilson's character, Billy and Nick. And yeah, it did feel super realistic instead of them just jumping in. Obviously, there was some things that that were tough to comprehend of like him having his house foreclosed, them flying from Atlanta, which I believe they were in, to California. It's like, where was their money? <laughs> like, how did they manage their money? I, I did question that. I mean, I halfway through, I'm like, okay, maybe it's a quote unquote paid internship where they kind of put them up and, you know, it, on the Google campus. And that's why they're always taking the Google bikes and the Google buses. And, you know, I, I, we should do a, I'm going to make this a drinking game. Every time one of us says, Google, take a shot, you will not make it to the end of the show. No, absolutely not. You'll be applying to Google by the end of this. No, there's a shot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's you know, I, I didn't mind it feeling like, well, especially because like there's that whole scene where Vince Vaughn's at the cafe and he's losing his mind because all the food is free. And I'm just like, yeah, because when you're at that state of your life where you have no job, you're in an internship. Thankfully, they're putting you up in this internship and driving you around on the Google bus. Take a sip. Um, you're going to rely on the unexpected benefits of this campus. And yeah, it made sense for him to be like, no, no, I'll take seven bagels. No, 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 you know, nine bagels. No, 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 just give me, I'll, give me all the bagels. Like that made sense. And he didn't play it stupidly. Neither of these guys played it dumb. They played, you know, career salesman you know if, if if this is a book this is death of a watch salesman right it's you know they played their characters very well and i was really surprised by how well those characters came across yeah they didn't make them seem dumb and their personalities and just the way they talked to other people they were just so positive like in the scene when he's talking to um when he's talking to the big guy there, the Mr. Chetty, and he was like, he's like, you're not going to do anything that I won't like you. He's like, <laughs> I just love that about him. He's like, nothing will bring him down at all. My favorite thing about Vince Vaughn, I feel like everything he does is ad lib for the most part. Like it's very quick witted. He, he talks very quickly. And I've been in that position where you go somewhere and stuff is free and you're like, oh, if it's free, give me three. And you just keep going. So I, I related to him and I feel like I related to them a lot. My funniest thing that I realized and I read about was the food that he was eating through the movie was the same food he brought up in that scene where he's uh, asking him questions like the do's and don'ts of working with Google, like the uh, the sushi, the chips, the salsa, the pizza, the ice cream. He's going through the movie eating all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, he was still eating that pudding cup, I think, like halfway through. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure that pudding would have turned by that point. Um, but but we'll go with that. You mentioned some of the cameos, or not cameos, but smaller roles, that you know, more comedic bit roles. And like four of them really stand out. Of course, there's Will Ferrell as the the mattress store owner, uh, John Goodman as the, you know, the, their boss at the, the watch shop, Josh Gad, of course, as, you know, quote unquote headphones guy and Rob Riggle. I think of those four for me, I mean, first of all, I love John Goodman. I think he is, you know, so good at what he does and the, and bringing so much life to those roles. And I think he was the perfect guy to be the boss of that company that was going under and Josh Gad, you know, really stood out for me as, you know, uh, you know, a very Josh Gad type role, but played so perfectly. And and again, didn't go down that overacting role. I, I mean, kudos to Sean Levy because we're talking like some major comedic actors where it could go off the rails, right? You could just have these guys, you know, 
completely and utterly riffing on each other with comedy ad libs, as the, I'm sure all of them are prone to do. But, you know, they were kept in check and they were kept kind of on the path that they need to be on. And I think Gad and Goodman really stood up. Riggle, Riggle started to go down that, okay, it's, you know, that, you know, let's go with that raunchy wedding crashers type vibe. Gad and Goodman to me were the two best of those four. I, I agree for sure. Uh, it was definitely surprising to see John Goodman in that role. Row, row, Holy crap. Um, but he was like perfect in that in that way. He wasn't even credited in the movie. I, I, I noticed that too. But I agree with you with the Rob Riggle because it definitely had that old school feel when he was like talking to Will Farrell in, uh, in the office. And also don't forget about Eric Andre was in it. I'm a huge Eric Andre fan and uh, he just had a quick role, but I love seeing him. I, I will say like I, I, I seen Eric Andre there. You know, I haven't watched his show yet. I have not watched the Eric Andre show on Adult Swim, but you know, my first you know scene of him was in Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment Twenty Three. He was phenomenal in that role. I think that sitcom is highly underrated. I think it's one of those things where you know I wish there was more than two seasons of that series. Eric Andre's you know level of crazy in that versus this par. It is very much like if you watched him and Don't Trust the Beat Department 23, you're going to like him in the internship. If you like him in the internship, go watch Don't Trust the Beat Department 23. Um, I know the the Adult Swim show is probably a lot crazier than that, but that's it's on Adult Swim. It's, oh, yeah. it's supposed to be. Yeah, no, it was, it was really cool to see him in there. Um, but I think all in all, and, and I thought Rose Byrne was actually quite good too, but I think one of the things with this, and maybe, maybe you'll agree or not, but Rose Byrne, and Rachel McAdams have a very similar look to them. So the fact that, you know, you've got, you know, Rachel McAdams in Wedding Crashers with Vince and Owen, and then you've got Rose Byrne with Vince and Owen in the internship, you know, you almost kind of get that. And we talked about this in, uh, when we talked about Judge Dredd on the show, how Diane Lane kind of gets compared to Sandra Bullock and Demolition Man because of the Stallone, uh, Rob Schneider pairing in both films. You know, so is it unfair to compare Rose Byrne to Rachel McAdams because of Wedding Crashers? Does she hold her own here? That's a great question. I didn't think of that. I, I want to say she holds her own because she sticks out a little bit. I, I don't want to say it's just her accent, but they definitely are in the same ballpark look-wise. I don't know if that was like a second guess when they when they casted her. Like, do you think they cast people based on something like that? They're like, okay, Wedding Crashes was so good. Let's like let's use that same formula and try to find something that fits that role. I mean, you can see how you know they they adjusted the script a bit, you know, for her. You know, the fact that she was you know born in Australia, so there's the you know, oh, you have a British accent. Well, it's actually Australian because she actually is Australian. Yeah. So I'm 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 curious if they had her cast for you know if they probably just had. You know, Owen Wilson love interest as written in the script, and then once they had the you know Rose Byrne in the role, they were able to kind of script around it. Or was one of those things where they had the character scripted, they got her, and they're like, okay, well, let's tweak it so it kind of fits her accent. Like, I'm just curious how much of the character evolved because of Rose Byrne, or how much Rose Byrne was the you know the you know the the emphasis, or at least the, the inspiration for writing the character the way they did. Now, I just thought of this, what you said earlier about Max 
British accent, bad guy. So maybe mm-hmm. they had to even it out. British woman, good girl, that bad girl that turned good. Owen Owen Wilson won her heart. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. I mean, I, I do have to laugh at the fact that, you know, they made that whole Professor X thing in Stanford. And she's in you know, yep. the, the, the X-Men first class, you know, as as more of a taggart, you know. So, hey, great, great little nod. And, I, and yep. you know, I'm sure the Professor X joke was always in there, just kind of, you know, almost amplified it because it was Rose Byrne. And I, I'm always curious to know how much, you know, the character changes the script. I mean, Vince Vaughn is going to sound like Vince Vaughn because Vince Vaughn also wrote it, you know. So, yep. you know, if you're writing yourself a, a part, the per, the player that, or the the character that you're playing is going to sound like you, you know. Owen Wilson sounds like Owen Wilson because Vince knows Owen knows how to write them. Um, yeah. So I'm just curious how much Vince knew about who was going to be in these roles, and how much of them were just archetypes that we just like. Okay, let's. Oh, you 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 you're young. You you can act, and you've got a British accent. You're the bad guy. Yeah, it seemed like a bunch of friends that you just like pointed at them and just gave them roles. I feel like it was probably an easy transition for a lot of people where he picked them i would love to see like the backups of the other people that that tested for that movie or or acted um to see what roles they would have been in but everyone was just so natural i felt like i think they probably had a lot of fun on that set i want to say it it did feel like there were there were scenes where they were kind of allowed to you know kind of like you say improv in the in the moment is you know to make it seem a bit more realistic um but since we're talking script i need to i need to point this out because vince vaughn did write it it very much felt like a script written by someone who maybe felt like you know they were behind the technology and all these kids kind of had everything good for them you know and how the old way still have a way in kind of things it it felt like an old guy writing a script about new technology you know is that fair knowing that vince vaughn is one of the main guys you know with a pen on this how old were they supposed to be in this movie you think because at the time they were both 45 and 43 owen wilson and vince vaughn i i wouldn't be surprised if they're supposed to be you know that early 40s age Okay, that's what I was hoping for because if they were trying to portray them as like mid thirties, I'm like I'm mid thirties and I like no technology, so I'm like it's kind of funny to see them as like forty year olds to try to go back because at the time it was the iPhone five, so I feel like that was like kind of like a tr- transitional period for a lot of people that age because the iPhone five, I feel like my mother was trying to get it and it was just like difficult for her, so it definitely shows like the the um, technology uh, problems that people had. I did like the fact that at no point did they all of a sudden make Vince Vaughn, you know, all of a sudden a tech genius. You know, Vince Vaughn's character is not the one who's going to pick up the books and, you know, study up and become instant coder, right? It made sense for Owen Wilson to get on board because clearly he's, you know, using the 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 hope of getting together with Rose Byrne's character. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, you know, as, as a bit of a, you guys got, you, they, you had to see it coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything you see coming except for one role, but keep going. Yeah. Well, I mean, you mentioned in, in the trailer eyes, you know, kind of stocky. Again, don't watch Attack of the Hollywood cliches because they even mention, you know, men stalking, romantic, women stalking, bad crazy. Like that's yep. <laughs> that that that's the trope. And just please don't watch this before watching the internship. You can't not un- you can't unsee those things. Um, but it made sense for him to dig deep into the books because he's using that as motivation to be able to talk to Rose Byrne on her level. Um, so 
it was smart to kind of script those two guys almost in opposite directions and become more motivational, not tech speaking and let the let the let the tech smart people do what the tech smart people do. Vince Vaughn, I like seeing him do that because I related to him so much with the comedic aspect of like going through that and then the customer service. Like he was so ready for that customer service challenge because that's that's his thing. And he's failed so many times. Again, um, Max like put him down and he was in his head. He played mind games. And then that scene it, like defeated me. I was like so sad when he did all that great work with that customer service job. And then at the end they had to upload the files so they could be reviewed and he just didn't set it up. And I, and I was I was crushed. <laughs> I, it, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I'll admit, I'm pretty sure I watched the uncensored version of this, you know, like the longer two hour plus version of this where, you know, you know apparently they put a lot more of the raunch in there, you know, but even, even to that point, there's so much positivity in this. Again, you go to see a Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson film. You pretty much have a good idea of what you're getting. So for you, when you, when you jumped into this for the first time, now I'm curious, you know, were you expecting, you know, for like, not raunch comedy, because I wouldn't necessarily classify Vince Vaughn as raunch comedy, but at least raunchier than what the internship kind of portrayed. I think going into it, I remember being like, this is definitely not going to be as aggressive as a wedding crashes just for the sake of Google putting their name on it. Um, I was surprised about a lot of the stuff in it, like when they went to the strip club and I think in the uncensored version, they show like nudity in it. Mm -hmm. So I definitely was more surprised. My expectations were so low going into it because I'm like, you know what? I like Vince Vaughn. I like Owen Wilson. Like I'll throw this on. I'm like, I'm laying on the couch. I got nothing to do. Um, but yeah, I was definitely pleasantly surprised about what they were putting in there, um, especially with with Google's name on it. Well, I mean, in reading this, you know, and, and realizing that Google really only think had a say on how their products were portrayed, which makes sense, right? I mean, the the whole idea of like the self driving car, you know, when they first get to the you know the Google complex, apparently it was originally written that that you know self driving car was going to crash, you know, because there's no one driving it, but it hadn't even been released at that point. So I'm like. I'm okay with Google saying, let's not crash the self-driving car. Yeah. If we actually want to be able to launch a self-driving car somewhere down the road. Um, but I think that's a, one of the other downsides to this film, unfairly so, because yes, for two hours, it did feel kind of like a, a Google recruitment promotional video. Um, mm -hmm even though it's got Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson in it. Um, and, you know, people have come out and said, like, yeah, no, the internship process is not like that. You know, it's 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 not the Google Hunger Games, you know. It's, yeah. you know, but still, it's, it's, it's a surprisingly positive film set in, you know, yeah, it's, it's going to have Google all over the place. <laughs> how, do you, how do you think the movie would have done if they, like, didn't do, like, a Google name? Like, they just made up their own little company. Like, you think it would be as good? I think the box office numbers would be way lower. Uh, quite possibly. Um, I mean, it'd be one of those things where, and I'm going to flash back to coming to America, right? And, you know, the, the main restaurant chain that they're working at is McDonald's. And it becomes yeah. a bit of a, uh, you know, 
yeah, a, a wink and a nod. And then, of course, like there's the the, the payoff near the end yeah. where like the dad is reading through the McDonald's operations manual. And it's like, OK, yeah, you you, you understand. You get it right. So I'd be yeah. cur- I'd be curious if it was, you know, something like Google, but not quite Google. And then, you know with a wink and a nod but you know it did yeah. it did actually so because i mean we all hear about how cool working at google is because the campus is like you know a tech genius playground and that really came across in this that wonder of being in this this environment of you know of innovation and education really came through i wonder what it's like to work in the advertising department of google they're like just put the word Google out there. We'll be fine. Like they just put it on a movie. It's like, what, like, what, like they're the top dog of everything. You know what I mean? Like they're, that's what I was going to bring up too. It's like, they kind of only battle probably what, like Apple. And the funny thing I noticed in that movie is Dylan O'Brien's character had an Android, but the beginning when they showed the older lady with John Goodman, she was on an iPhone. And then Josh Gad's character, who's a big part of that movie, he's on a Mac. So I'm like, <laughs> You think that's going to be like a thing like they're pro Mac over there or what? I it's hard to say because, I mean, at least with Google, it's not like they're at Apple, right? Where yeah. very much would be Apple versus PC. You know, Google's kind of across the board and it's, you know, you're almost I, I do like the fact it's it's funny. There's all these little one liners about, oh, yeah, you you. you you found us on here on Foursquare. That's not creepy at all. Because, yeah, if you really think about it, I'm sure Google is listening to this conversation that we have right now as we're recording this. Hi, Google. Please don't, please don't hate us. Take a shot. It's it's the drinking game. <laughs> we love the internship and Google. Yeah, exactly. See, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. <laughs> we said Google again. Take another shot. Um, yep. I, at this point, we have killed about seven listeners as they're listening to this. <laughs> Dear God, I hope you chose an easygoing drink to go with. Do not go for the really hardcore tequila or whatever the drink, that, the, the big peppy, whatever it is that they're drinking. Yeah, when uh, the character Yo-Yo uh, took a shot of tequila and just went way downhill for him. <laughs> yeah, no, it, te- tequila is the solution to and cause of most problems in the world, much like money, you know. Um, but I, I will admit that you have you do have to get past some of the tropes in this and we yeah. mentioned the the smurfette trope you know and how she's also a little bit on the the crazy side at first you know you expect it you know i'm thinking allison hannigan's you know this one time at band camp yeah yeah yep, where, exactly. where, where they're secretly an absolute sex freak but i liked the turn of how it's very much like yeah no i don't know what you think i just talk at my ass and kind of put it out there it was cool. It was cool to see that happen with like some of those characters. I know we were talking about Dylan O'Brien's character earlier, and I feel like he did portray like the perfect like millennial, like that's always on their phone, like not paying attention. And to see like those characters grow like out of that was cool. Mm-hmm. Now I, I have to ask, you know, your thoughts on the mid movie Quidditch match? So funny enough, uh, I'm 35 and I just finally watched the Harry Potters about three years ago. So at first, when I worked, watched this movie, I didn't know anything about Harry Potter. So I didn't know what was going on either. I felt like Vince Vaughn, like just swinging the broomstick. Like that would have been me. Now that I watch it and I get it, 
I feel like it's a little bit out of place and kind of random when that got thrown in there, but it seemed pretty accurate. I, I don't know. Maybe they could have played something else. Again, I'm not hating on it because I love this movie. It's not that bad, but I, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it for the most part because it did. It's so funny how much I got into this movie because I thought they were going to win that because of like the uh, athletic side of it. And it reminded me of Wedding Crashers when they're playing football with Bradley Cooper. It's like you think they're going to win because they know what they're doing. Vince Vaughn is like a quarterback and then they end up losing being the losers on that end. So it's definitely still the formula of Wedding Crashers. It's almost like one of those. There's an evolution of what games do geeks play in movies? You know, uh, first, first there's chess. Right. You know, all evil masterminds and geeks are going to play chess. Right. And then comes along Star Wars. And then all of a sudden, well, maybe now they're going to play, um, you know, the, 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 the hollow chess there, whatever they were playing in the Millennium Falcon, or they figured out how to play Sabacc, which is the card game that Han Solo, you know, beat Lando Calrissian in to get the Millennium Falcon. And I just realized how much of a geek I said, just, you know, saying that <laughs> fully, fully own that ish. Fully Hell yeah, baby. It. Hell yeah. Right. So, you know, now that you know in in the post harry potter world you know it's either they're either playing wizards chess or they're playing quidditch and quidditch i guess makes sense as far as uh you know the geek aspect of it which i i found kind of fun it did feel like a like a fun kind of bonding moment although i you know you have to kind of take out the whole dodgeball references when you see the balls that they're actually playing with and go vince vince yeah there he is there he is and i felt like um yeah, I just felt like there could have been a different game. Again, I'm not a huge Harry Potter guy, but I, like I did enjoy that part with the when they were chasing that guy at the end, and then the music too. It's like jump around by House of Pain. And you're like, <laughs> of course they're playing this movie, playing this song. Uh, the the the, the stitch is so wrong in so many different ways. <laughs> like, and that's one of those like, okay, so they're the geek, and then you got some guy dressed as a snitch with like the the ball hanging down, like yeah, yeah, like. You, you, there's a cream for that, I'm sure, kind of thing. It's like, no, no, dear God, no, that this is an HR issue just waiting to happen, yep. you know. But it was still fun. It was still it fun. Was. Would have been funner if Vince Vaughn had worn an average Joe's T-shirt, but you know, we'll 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 take what we can get. Or, or gave like a little bit of a wink towards it. That would have been great. I feel like too. It's like more people played that realistically like with the with the broom between their legs like after that did you did you sense sex i feel like after i watched that i i noticed that like people would have those like group games like how they play dodgeball or they play kickball like they would meet up and play like quidditch i think there is a sense where you know a completely unrealistic sport is created in a movie and then somehow some way somewhere someone's going to create a league around it like i'm pretty sure there's a basketball league i'm pretty sure there is a quidditch league i'm pretty sure you know there are leagues out there i any wrong sport in a movie i'm sure has spawn some kind of small group to create a league around it i don't know how yeah. long they last but i'm now curious to see if there is a quidditch league out there has to be i would i would be 100 percent down for a basketball league <laughs> you you wouldn't be alone I'm, I'm i could have sworn i remember reading about like a, a basketball league out there somewhere not not obviously a big one but if there's ever a if they ever do the espn ocho you have to think baseball and or basketball and Quidditch are going to be on that channel again. A hundred percent. I a hundred percent agree with you. I uh, that movie's great too. That's a great movie. They have actually done ESPN Ocho programming, and it's 
you know, you, you had, what was it? Um, there, there were, there was dog spritz or something like that. Um, no, what, what was it? There were, there was something like, what, what are the, not sausage, I guess they are kind of sausage dogs, right? And like them running on the racetrack, like on the horse tracks kind of thing. So there was that, there was, um, pogo championships where they have to pogo around like a skate park like when espn does their day of ocho programming it's fascinating to watch and you have to sit there and go my dear god people actually call themselves professional in this but yet there are still like there's a lot of athleticism to it i'm sure somewhere down the road espn's ocho day of programming will involve a quidditch match at some point and i'm kind of here for it yeah, no, I would watch that in a professional setting, see how it, it would turn out. Yeah, so long as Nikki Lander is not the snitch. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's an audition video for that. I'm sorry, that's the third time I've made that joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going to be worse, the Google jokes or the Nikki Lander jokes, but uh-huh. it, it's out there and, and terribly sorry. Not sorry, but sorry. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Sean Levy, though, because, you know, you think about Free Guy, and I think Free Guy personally might be the best movie to come out or be released in 2021. And I know people are going to be like, well, Spider-Man hasn't come out yet, and the Eternals haven't come out. But there was something about Free Guy. And again, that's another one of those movies where it could have been just a bunch of Fortnite jokes and Ryan Reynolds just riffing through the entire hour and a half or whatever. But it's a surprisingly heartfelt story, very a very Truman Show-esque story and when you realize that sean levy is also the guy that directed this movie and how surprisingly heartwarming it is i wonder if free guy would be as good as it is because personally i love the movie um i wonder if it's as good as it is if sean levy isn't the director i'm i still have to watch it um i'm gonna definitely get back to you on that but you you, you recommend that oh absolutely and i mean first of all you know it's you know it's ryan reynolds you know, you cannot go wrong with Ryan Reynolds. Also, I'm Canadian and I'm, you know, contractually obligated to say all good things about Ryan Reynolds. So what about Green Lantern? It it was it had Ryan Reynolds in it, so that was okay. Yeah. You know? I went oh, I went I went opening night for that movie. I have a Green Lantern tattoo on my back, and the disappointment I had walking out of that theater, I was like, God damn it. Uh, I mean, yes, there there is so much we could say about it. But and we're not going to. But no, please. please. I, I, although I'm sure somehow, somewhere, some way, Green Lantern is going to end up as a movie on this show. And uh, yep. I dread that day. I do. I dread that day. But, you know, let, let's take a quick look at, you know, Sean Levy's filmography as far as a director goes. You know, and you've, oh, got, please. And you, and you've got movies like Cheaper by the Dozen. You know, you've got Night at the Museum. You know, and the sequel, Night of the Museum, Secret of the Tomb. Uh, you have, you know, a bunch of episodes of Stranger Things. You've got an episode of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. So you have these movies where, yeah, there is, there's a lot of heart behind the actual characters and a lot that's kind of portrayed out of that. You know, so it just makes me, I mean, yes, he did Real Seal as well. So, um, and I, admittedly, I haven't actually watched that all the way through. You know, Rock'em Sock'em Robots is not necessarily my thing when it comes to to that. But you know, but now knowing that Sean Levy is the director of that, now I'm curious to go watch that and see if it too actually comes across with a lot more heart than you know, you know, than than the Rock'em Sock'em Robots feel uh, that the trailer puts out. 
My favorite thing when I looked him up, uh, and also I don't know if you know this, he's the guy in the nap pod in, in uh, the yeah. internship. But I looked and saw that he did the the Secret World of Alex Mack as a '90s kid. That was my jam. I forget the girl's name. She was in um, uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. She was the younger sister. She she was the main character in that. And then he did Animorphs, which I feel like no one knows what the what what the Animorphs are. And he did a TV show on that. But uh, that was a book about like people that just change into an animal. So seeing those and then like Stranger Things, I'm like, yeah, this guy, this guy's legit. <laughs> and and that's the thing too. Like, I don't know if people just realize just how much a director can change yeah. know, the tone of it. Like, you know, again, Free Guy could have gone the way of most video game based movies. You know, looking at you, Yui Bowl, with all the, you know, the, 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 that the attempt at movies like the blood rain series that, you know, tried to put out, you know, video games and movies don't necessarily have a good track record looking at you, Warcraft, but you know, (laughs) that's, that's, I totally agree. It's uh, I think the same, what do you think about like the resident evils? The thing with the resident evils though, I mean, it, Mila Jovovich drives the bus on that so, to 100%. the point of, I don't know what a Resident Evil really would be like without her. I mean, the animated ones aside, because I know there are Resident Evil animated movies and I've seen, I think it was Damnation or Regeneration, sorry, it was Regeneration. And, you know, as an animated Resident Evil film, I actually didn't mind that one. Um, Mila Jovovich really brought Resident Evil to the masses and a lot of that is just how good she is you know so long as you overlook ultraviolet but you know it's one of those things where you know she built that franchise she yeah. absolutely oh, no. built that franchise just as much as kate beckinsale built the underworld franchise even though there's one movie uh with rona mitra in that you know in the main role as opposed to kate beckinsale in it but i don't think those movies really base themselves on who's sitting in the director's chair Okay. Seeing Sean Levy's, you know, filmography as far as what he has directed, it makes sense that if you're going for something with a bit more, you know, a bit more niceness to it or a bit more optimism. I think that's the big thing. This movie's optimistic. It's optimistic that kids are going to get their 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 noses out of their phone and apply themselves to to doing what they need to do. You know, older guys down on their luck and can turn things around and find something down the road for them when, if and when things go to Um Google's not a creepy place. You know, it's, it's, there is a look towards the future here. Um, apparently, if you want optimism, you go to Sean Levy. Yeah, totally. Just by his track record, and that pointing it out, I can't wait to can't wait to watch that movie. Uh, new guy, uh, the free guy. Yeah, it, it free is. guy, <laughs> new guy. What that was? What's new guy with uh, the, Oh, that is a movie though. I, well, I'm sure it is. Which uh, it probably is not directed by Sean Levy, so it's not as good. Um, but one of the other things too I found about Free Guy and this movie as well is that there's points in the movie where the score is sweeping and kind of you know uplifts everything. You know, Christoph Beck as a as a score composer um, is phenomenal. First of all, I thought WandaVision, the music really has to play up because of the different styles. And he did wonderful in that. 
free guy, um, Molotov girls theme. I, I, you know, I, I had that stuck in my head for like a day or two after watching the movie and this one as well, again, positive, uplifting, sweeping music. Um, and even like the, the songs that they put in yeah. were fairly well. Like I, I felt on a music point, this really hit a lot of, you know, good check marks. I agree. The Alanis said ironic. You can't, they get psych mix. I was all about it. Then like House of Pain, that song will be, Jump Around will be played in the year 3000, I feel like. And then they had like uh, the song Wale with uh, Lady Gaga that I really like. It was definitely a different variety of songs, like a mixtape. And they were definitely all uplifting. I don't remember like one like um, ominous, like like Black Cloud song in that, in that mm-hmm. whole movie. I, I will say that it is a little bit ironic don't you think that the song ironic is on a psych up mix and I say this, you know, being born in the same city as Alanis Morissette. So, I mean, it, it's, it's an okay song. I, I don't know. If it's oh, a psych up mix. It, I, I, I think the video, you know, there are certain songs which are now destined to forever be played in cars and sung at the top of your lungs. Bohemian yep. Rhapsody is in there because of Wayne's world. You know, ironic is now there, not just because of this movie, but of course, because of the video, the video is very much, you know, four versions of Alanis driving around in a car and singing their, 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 their lungs out to this song. Um, it was, it was actually a decent video. Um, and I'll give her that, but, um, I, I, again, I just found it funny. Ironic is definitely not the song that I would put on a psych up mix and yet somehow it's still, but, but even, that's what makes it ironic. Yeah. Oh, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> but but I will say, you know, they could have gone for the easy gag when they when they hit the the red light and like the the car girls pulls up kind of thing and they're they're kind of looking, you know, they could have gone the typical hey how you doing kind of thing right or yep. no no these two guys are in the moment they they don't care that they're listening to ironic you know they're they're they are living their best life which is almost kind of the theme of this film that everyone in this movie eventually learns how to live their best life, which I never thought I'd say about a Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson film. Right. Yeah. They could have went the route too of like them being embarrassed, but just it instantly showed you what type of characters they were going to be throughout that movie, which wasn't surprising, but it was funny. A good start to that movie when he's just like singing it and he's singing it to the girls. He's like, Oh, that this guy already has way overconfidence, which is great. And it's a, in a positive way. Now, I, I have to put it out there that we put it out on Twitter, you know, on the day of recording this uh, about, you know, if people have actually watched this and someone actually responded to you, uh, Hunter Bishop, the Hunter Bishop um, said, I quote this movie constantly. I don't know if the movie is overly quotable, but I'm now curious because, you know, because this this is your jam here. You know, what are the what are the, the key quotes from this film? That kind of stuck out for you, aside from on the line, which I'll admit I can I can now not get that out of my head. We're on the line talking right now as we speak. So the on the line is like the number one thing. I put that up there with uh, the chocolate wasted from um, from Grown Ups because mm-hmm. I feel like now that I say it with my buddies, I'm like, oh yeah, I got to put that online. He goes, you mean on the line? So we put it back and forth. Now off the top of my head, now after watching it, I just I can't even I can't even think now. I'm I'm losing it. Um, there's like certain things like quotable. Like I feel like if it's out of context, it would it would work out when like Dylan O'Brien calls. He's like, "Oh, you big dumb tree." So like I think I call like my friends like, "Oh, like you big dumb tree." 
but off the top of my head, I don't know like quotables. Like, I, yeah, that's that's good. I think if you have to Google the quotes out of a out of a Google movie, then you know your Googliness is not necessarily. And there we go with that with the Googliness. Um, I mean, it is. It is fun. There are points where you sit there and go, "Yeah, I could, I could see myself saying that down the road." Um, right. But I don't know if it if it has the quotability as a film like Dodgeball, right? We're we're going to be in our seventies, you know, going to people going, "Oh, if you could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball," and you know, people will go look at us and go, "What?" You know. Yep. But but movies like that really do play up the you know the the quotability factor and maybe maybe this is why this received like a you know the the 35% or whatever the yeah 35% tomato meter that it did in that it's a Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson film you go in expecting you know laugh out loud wrenches flying Owen Wilson you know like like being Owen Wilson kind of comedy and you walk out with this you know sense of i feel really inspired and i don't quite know if i wanted vince vaughn and and owen wilson to inspire me today but here we are um is this one of those things of misplaced expectations because of the people starring in the film i don't think so i think it i think it kind of just it it hits it perfectly and um and I'm sorry to back up a little bit on the quotes. There was a couple that came to me a little bit. Is when Yo-Yo's in a fight because his whole shtick is like he used to get abused by his mother. When he gets hit at the uh, at mother. the club, he goes, "Your mother, my mother hits harder than you." <laughs> and then then the whole exchangeogram. I feel like I feel like it's funny because Bill Belichick to go back on like a Robert Kraft type thing. It's like he always would like mispronounce like Snapchat. He'd be like Snapbook or Face Snap or whatever. So like to say exchangeogram because I'll do that to people. I'm like yeah yeah put it on exchangeogram. So I wouldn't call it a quotable movie, but it definitely has like little things that if you they're deep cuts. If you're if you're quoting internship, those are some deep cuts. So the Hunter Bishop clearly is is a fan of this movie. So yeah, yeah. I mean you know. <laughs> I'm sure if I watch this a few more times, and I would happily watch this movie. Like if it's if it's on TV, I'm not turning it off. It's a decent no. film. Um, but yeah, there are there are times when certain actors are going to get pigeonholed for certain things. Yeah, uh, like when um, P.T. Anderson put out uh, Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, you know, and like leading up to it, you had um, you know Boogie Nights, and you had Magnolia, and you had these deep, you know borderline dark territory character studies and then you got punch drunk love and you're gonna put adam sandler in it yeah and i personal opinion i don't think it worked um because you watch adam sandler and you're not expecting you know you expect billy madison you know you're, you're expecting him to do very adam sandler things and you are getting nowhere near that in punch drunk love and it almost felt like he was trying to pull himself back through the whole, you know, it, it's almost like, yeah, I, I wanted, I want to be stupid. I want to be stupid, but I'm not, I can't, you know, yeah. PT Anderson won't let me. Uh, admittedly, I haven't seen uncut gems yet. He's apparently Same. been, you know, phenomenal in it. So I'm, I'll still go ahead and watch that, but, or even with Jim Carrey in the number 23, like there, there's, that's not a funny movie. By any stretch. And I know Jim Carrey can be a dramatic actor because we saw him do really well in The Man on the Moon, even though 
in that movie he's playing a comedian in a in an you know semi biographical movie, but yeah, it's just one of the things where Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson together doesn't necessarily equate in my mind inspiration, but yeah, well, here we are. Yeah, they inspired me. I was I was hooked from the minute uh, Ironic was played, and I just didn't stop until the end, and I was upset when it ended. You were you were psyched <laughs> up. Ironic psyched was, you up for the movie. I was psyched up for the movie. I was psyched up for this interview. I just, again, I, I, I this is going to be in my top five most watched movies. And I, I've seen it way too many times. Fascinating. Because, again, uh, admittedly, this was the first time I'd ever watched the film. I was really pleasantly surprised by this film. Like, again, it's, you know, it's a good Sunday afternoon, feel good before dinner kind of movie. Like, you know, if the ball game's in rain delay and you put on the internship, I'm kind of fine with it. Yeah, it's an easy watch. Yeah. Like, you don't have to go in there expecting to, you know, bust a gut laughing, but it's, it will have you laughing, just not to the point of, ow, my, my, you know, my spleen hurts now. Um, You know, and it's not going to let you down. It's not going to be crass. It's not going to turn you off. It's very much a film for everybody. It really is. Now, spoiler alert, at the end, did you see that coming? Because I didn't. I was bamboozled. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. It's. I, I. I. I think at this point, like, I mean, yes, they were going to win the championship. Yes, they were going to somehow. I mean, admittedly, you know how like when, when a scene sets up, like you figure, oh, okay, this is how they're going to, you know, get this contract and then get their jobs, kind of thing. And when they introduce Rob Riggle's character with the um. Uh, with the scooters, the scooters and all that, I'm like, oh, I get it. They're going to they're going to put Google in the scooters, and that's going to make you know, it's going to you know help everybody. And John Goodman's going to do well, and Rob Riggle's going to do well, not just with the scooters, but with the ladies, um, you know. Yep. And you know, and they're going to win the the internship, and it didn't. It, they just stayed with a very realistic, you know. Yeah, really good pizza place that wants to kind of branch out a little bit. And that made sense. It made absolute sense. I think I I was, I agree with all that. I think my big thing I was surprised with was the whole Josh Gad thing at the end. I didn't see that coming with headphones that he was like a big time employee. Like I was surprised by that. And another thing that kind of threw me off was the whole voting for them to get in. Cause at the end, Mr. Chetty said he was the deciding vote, but the way he, the way the meeting went, there was five people in there, and he was already moving on before um, Lyle's character said something. So I'm like, I don't know if that's accurate that he was the deciding factor or not. But what do I know? Uh, maybe, maybe Lyle is the motivating factor that everybody needs. You know, every, yep. everyone needs to be on Team Lyle. Yep. But, but the thing with the Josh Gad reveal at the end too, and you know, strangely enough, I'm going to draw the weirdest comparison here. Bring it. It reminded me of the first Saw film. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Where, like, you know, Carrie Elways and the, and the guy that he's stuck with, like, Carrie Elways does the full overacting. I'm going to cut my whatever he had to cut off to, to, to get out of the room and all that. And then, like, the dead yeah. body that they've been in the room all of a sudden sits up Undertaker Styles to get it. <laughs> I know. It's like, A, that was the that Saw. The first Saw is the only Saw movie to see. That's right. all you need to see. And admittedly, that reveal at the end of Saw, you know, Saw almost was horrible. 
based on Kerry Elways' overacting when he's, you know, I, th- I, th- I can't remember if it was his ankle or his hand that he had to cut off in order to get out of the room. It was one of the it, two. It was his ankle. It was his ankle. Yeah. So, but it was so over the top. It was so, you know, Paul Rubens in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like dying over and over and over again, over the top. And I'm like, this is how you're going to end. Oh, no, this is how you're going to end it. Okay, that's cool. Right. And then he kind of looked like Will Farrell a little bit during that scene. Like Will Farrell could have spoofed that scene. I'm I'm sure Will Farrell could. Heck, I'm 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 sure even Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers could. And it would still be better than what Carrie always did. And that's the Carrie always. Like we're talking Princess Bride, Carrie Elway's here, yo. Yeah, we're we're talking the Dread Pirate Roberts here. You you're better than this. Come on, Carrie Elway's. But to the same token as well, if if you go into a horror movie thinking, ah, oh, it's a horror movie, I'm just gonna you know overact horror wise, and that's gonna be fine. But that reveal at the end saved the end of that film. I think Josh Gad's reveal, you know, not necessarily expected, but you know, not out of character. You know, not yeah. not completely out of the realm of possibility. I could totally see that. And I love the little throw. It's like, oh, and you also don't have a British accent either. You know, like, yep. like oh, you Googled that, didn't you? <laughs> I love the uh, aspect of it because he had so much anxiety. He's like, you're a real dick for this too, by the way. I just said a bunch of words in, a bunch of, in front of a bunch of people. And I was like, yep, I've been there. <laughs> and that's the funny thing. It, it's not like his character all of a sudden stood up and was like the boss of everything. He's still that, you know, introverted, um, you know, he's important and, you know, he, he's clearly overseeing everything, but it does, it's not in his character to necessarily stand up. But in this case, he's standing up because of, you know, the people that he's defending that part makes sense and the the awkwardness of him doing that and him revealing that yeah it's pissing me off that, I, that you're making me do this that that really played into you know the better part of the reveal like i again i'm surprised at how good this script really is on those on these different levels yeah no i really enjoyed that end and i agree with you it's like he wasn't like the main boss of google he was just like a guy that was like overseeing everything which i really liked uh yeah, that was a that was a big fan of that reveal at the end. I'm just curious how many times it took him to say googliness. Yeah, that's there's definitely so I gotta go watch the outtakes. I gotta see if I get the uh, bonus features to see what type of hijinks they all got into behind the scenes. Well, I mean, there's also the the unrated like over two hours of you know, and I'm sure at least 15 <laughs> minutes of it was at the strip club because you know, because mm-hmm. you know Vince Vaughn and you know Owen Wilson, and I wonder too, you know, if if the uncensored version was released. Because some of the blowback is why why is Vince why are Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson giving me Sunday afternoon vibes? Yeah. No, I can agree with that. And it's funny just to think that it's like, all right, guys, we're gonna release the unrated version of the internship. It's like, who is this for? And it's like, it's for me. I sort of just like was this like release the Vaughn hashtag release the Vaughn cut? Yeah. <laughs> everyone's everyone's dying for the Vaughn cut. But I mean, uh, yeah, there, there's so much good about this. Surprisingly good. So we've come to the point now where Tim, I have to ask you, who is your MVP of 2013's The Internship? I wanted to go with the sexy pick and go Josh Gad because I just loved it. And then I was thinking Mr. Chetty, um, but I got to go Vince Vaughn's character. He just, it's like, you know, like it's like 
it's like Kobe Bryant, like, you know, he's going to win the MVP. It's like Shaq, like he just went through it. You knew what to expect. They nailed it. And just, he was just hysterical the whole movie. Like he just didn't miss a beat anytime he was on screen. Like he, he was defeated, came back, uh, was the rally guy in the sports game. Like he was just good. Like I felt like he was the Batman in that whole situation where Owen Wilson was uh, the Robin. Or maybe the Nightwing. Little older than Robin, but you know. Yeah. Plus, plus if you call him the Robin, then we have to picture Owen Wilson in tights and no. Just, oh, wow. No. <laughs> wow. No. So night, Nightwing it is. Yeah. Um, but I will, I, I have to go with Sean Levy, the director. Ooh. Because this film had the potential to end up as, you know, an hour and a half of Google jokes. Yeah. Right? And in the end, you end up with, you come out of it feeling better. You come out of it feeling optimistic. You come of it, come out of it, you know, rooting for Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson and the entire team. Like you, like the, everyone in that team comes across so much better. And I think you have to give a lot of that to based on everything else that he's done. Clearly there's, you know, there's an MO to his directing and he's going to put out movies that make you feel good. So Sean Levy director of the internship is my MVP of this film. Uh, again, highly recommend you go watch free guy. And now knowing that he's in the director's chair for real steel, I'm actually almost looking forward to that because I'm, yeah. I'm curious now because, because he's the one calling the shots. I wonder if this is more than just rock'em sock'em robots with Wolverine. And a remote control. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. Now, that was the question I was going to ask you because you're definitely more well versed. Sean Levy, not related to the other Levy's, correct? To my knowledge, no. Now, that being said, he is Montreal born. Um, so, yes, the, you know, yay Canada. Um, but no, <laughs> uh, to to my knowledge, he is not related to um, to Eugene Levy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was really worried about that. I feel like, well, that, that's the case. Maybe their ancestry uh, genealogy connects before everyone else's then. Now, I will say, as I'm, as I'm now looking this up as we talk, no, he is not. He is not okay. related to to Eugene Levy. Um, but yay, Canada. You know, we, we, apparently, we, we, we apparently make some good Levy's up here. So that, that, that's, that's totally fine. <laughs> Tim, thank you so much for this. Um, where can we find you and where can we hear your podcast? Yeah, it's easy enough. My name is uh, 20 Tim Minutes. That's going to be the numerical 20 followed by my name, T-I-M, but not a second M. So T-I-M-I-N-U-T-E-S, 20 Tim Minutes. Go to 20timminutes.com. You can search that name on Google and you'll find me very instantly on all social media platforms. But yeah, come by, say hi. I talk mental health with the comedic with the comedic aspect to it, which is very strange, but definitely come by, check it out if you got 20 minutes to spare and go watch the internship. You had to say Google one more time. Get one more yep. shot in for the show. Yep. Right. Right now, people are about th you know three bottles of of uh, Big Peppy, whatever it was that they were oh, drinking. Uh, oh yeah, I looked that up. I didn't know what that was. It was uh, the oh I miss I forget the name now. That's a uh, uh, oh god damn it. <laughs> I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud with this movie. Oh, the Peppy Van Winkle. The Peppy Van Winkle. That's what it was. Like yes. Like if, if you are drinking Peppy Van Winkle every time we say Google, uh, I'm sorry. Um, we will attend your funeral. Um, three thousand dollars that bottle costs. I looked it up. It was like three thousand. Three grand. 
That's what I was looking up because I wanted. I, first, I thought it was food. I I didn't know like what it was, so I had to Google. I, I had you to Google, Google it. it. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, the Pappy Van Winkle. Like I just didn't. I thought it was like a like charcuterie board. Like I I didn't know what it was gonna be. But yeah, I looked it up. Oh no, not three thousand dollars. No, yeah, there's a Pappy Van Winkle fifteen year bourbon twenty eight twenty eight hundred dollars. I'm not going to lie. Pappy Van Winkle sounds like something you pay someone to do to you in Vegas and then never talk about again afterwards. But the price is about the same, I guess. I don't know. But <laughs> if you're drinking Pappy Van Winkle for every time we say Google, uh, I hope it's been a nice life. Uh, you you were you will be missed in future episodes. Um, but to the listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to this Google of an episode of It's Not That Bad. Now, here's the deal. If you want to get involved, if you think there's a movie that is unfairly maligned or a movie that you think is so bad that there's no way in hell that we can find or at least Google something nice to say about it, then hit me up at on Twitter at NotThatBadCast. Let me know the movie. We'll watch it. We'll dissect it. We're probably going to regret ourselves afterwards, but we're going to do it anyways because we are here to prove that there are A grades and B movies. Thank you for listening to this episode of It's Not That Bad. Until next time, Google away. Take care. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.